Hello and welcome to episode 340 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And join me as always is a glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, been a good week of footy? Um, there's been some good games and some games that were frustrating to watch. Some weird results. But overall, you'd have to say it was not a bad weekend of football. Yeah, if your team didn't get pumped by 50 against the Sharks, you'd have to say it probably was. Well, there was that. I didn't actually get to see that game. Um, that that makes you a much more fortunate human than the rest of us who did yeah. see it. Because that game was a clusterfuck of vomit. Well, that good, huh? It's um... But if the Sharks had played mm. any other team, including the Bulldogs... They probably would have lost that game. The amount of drop ball and forward passes and just dumb shit they were doing. But yeah. the Tigers saw it and went, I see what you're doing. And I'll take on your challenge. Mm. And I'll raise you. Because for every fuck up the Sharks had, the Tigers went, we'll do double or nothing, fuckers. Yeah. At and least it was, just, it was just that all game. And then for seven or eight minutes in the second half, Tigers went, nah, we can play footy though. Mm-hmm. They put on three tries, I think it was, and then they went, we don't want to win. <laughs> We've got to play more footy at the end of the year. Fuck that. Let's tell you what, for the Sharks to put 50 on you, that's a, that's a rough one. But at least the Tigers can bounce back this week when they take on the Panthers, who they beat in this year's grand final earlier this year. I mean, they've got nothing to prove now, so there's no need to beat them again. Yeah, exactly. So, in yeah, fact, it's, it's just, a dead rubber. We won't even take it seriously. You know, you... You Panthers might come out and put 900 on us. Who cares? We won the important one, and that was the first time we played when both sides were fully fit and at their absolute maximum ability. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you, can only, you can only be first once, can't, can't you? Exactly right. Exactly right. We've already had our grand final. Yeah. It was several months ago. It's going to be good. It will, it will. Um, now, before we get into the footy games, I just... I just want to uh, address the uh, the elephant in the room that is Anthony Griffin. Okay. Now, I don't know what he said. Yeah. Um, Anthony Griffin. He's, uh, <laughs> today he's, uh, he's come out, I think, in his press conference. And he said, and I quote about Jack DeBellin, Jack is a good person and a good leader. Okay. Is was that okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jack DeBellin was part of the famous barbecue, so there's that. First there's of all, that. he was was he not hiding under a bed? That's the rumor. I tend yeah. to think that that might be a little bit of an over exaggeration because I just don't know how Jack DeBellin could fit under a bed. Well, yeah, I I tend to agree, but you never know. It could have been a bunk bed. Could be, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the fact that, for me, it's the fact that DeBellin was caught at the barbecue doing the wrong thing mm. just a few weeks after finally being allowed to come back and play the NRL from his uh, the, the the case he's up against on, on rape charges, yeah, which went on for, what, two years? Yeah, about two you'd, years. You'd think after finally being allowed back, he'd go, you know what, I'm going to be a really good boy now. And not fuck, ah, fuck that. Let's go to a barbecue. Let's have a barbecue, fellas. 
Yeah. Um, it, you know, one of the things about rugby league is it can be extremely tone deaf at times. And like, I always think back to when it was women in league round and the North Queensland Cowboys <laughs> brought back Robert Louie. <laughs> and I fucking blew up about it on Twitter saying like, what oh. the hell are they thinking? And I'm still to this day blocked by the North Queensland Cowboys on Twitter because I dared to bring that up. Um, it, it, but yeah, there's a lot of, he's a good bloke and oh, it's not his go and oh, everyone deserves a second chance. There's lots of that in rugby league instead of just being honest and, and saying like there was talk last week that Jack DeBellin was going to be named captain yeah, and people blew up about it. And I thought rightfully so. And yeah. there's a, a lot of that in rugby league where it's like, how about we just don't do this? Yeah. There's, and people will say, and they say it about Matt Lodge now. So you know, oh, you know, he's he's being punished and he's trying to do the right thing now. How are we going to hold that against him for? And go well, as long as we fucking well please. Perhaps people like that should realise that there are no rewards for being an absolute fucking idiot when you're, you know, a prominent public figure as rugby league players are. So you must always be on your best behaviour. Yeah. And, and there's like, it's all well and good to say to people, well, you know, the past is the past, and they've learnt, and because we've seen too many players who the whole thing has been like, oh, he's reformed, he's learned from his mistakes, and then it turns out they haven't, and they go through their entire career stuffing up over and over again, and then they retire and they keep fucking up, and so you know, people have better things in their life to do than to you know, throw friggin' uh, pity parties for footballers. And so when a footy player does something that people don't like, they're going to remember it, and it's hard to to wipe that memory out. And, I mean, how many players really have changed over time? Like, there has been some of them, but, you know, the ones that do something pretty full-on, they tend to not – it tends to be who they are. Yeah, it sticks with them. It doesn't matter what they do. I mean, Russell Pack is a good example. Apparently, he became, you know, nothing short of a saint since mm. he came back to football. That may well be good and true, but, you know, nothing takes away from the fact he did do what he did do. Yeah. People will always remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't get to, you know, that's the unfortunate thing, I guess. We don't get to see the good that they do. We only hear about the bad that they did. Um, But I think when it comes to something like that, if if we're to just accept that um, they are on the straight and narrow, I think it's probably just best for for clubs to not, um, you know, not make players who have had these trouble past, even if they've come good, to to avoid the temptation of making them captain because it will only garner negativity. Yeah, and you would think that somebody would bring that up. You know, you think if if there's somebody within the the Dragons club that says, you know, oh, Jack DeBellin, he'd be a really good captain, that the first voice that steps up says, you know what, let's just not go there. For even yeah. if you just do it for Jack DeBellin, if that's your your reason for for doing it, but there's there really is. I've always felt like there's been a lot of tone deafness in the game, and I think women in the league round 
I mean, the thing that about women in league round is there's a lot of bullshit that goes on with it. And people forget that it was made as a public relations thing because there was a perception that the NRL had and NRL players had a really bad, um, how would you even put it? Like the, the treatment of women was not as it should be in the modern day. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It was still treating them like objects more than, you know, humans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, so women in league round was literally a PR campaign. And, you know, I think one of the things I saw a lot of this year with women in league round were people saying that's all well and good, but what about actually doing some real stuff? And, you know, I, I think because they couldn't have a lot of their normal functions and things during the week that people were able to see, people were maybe more focused on what rugby league could do in terms of not only just the treatment of women in general, but like, you know, paying women that that work within the game the same amount that they pay the men. And, yeah. you know, there, there's definitely a glass ceiling within clubs for how high a woman can work their way up that that works in the, the back rooms of clubs that we donate, like the administrative side of it. Um, I've heard stories like that. So, you know, real work like that would be great. And, you know, when it comes to the tone deafness of, of clubs, I, I think that when you looked at the women in league round and, every club had to put forward a club mentor and some of them for women in league ground were putting forward their club mentor being men <laughs> during women in league ground. And like they were saying, oh, this guy's worked really hard to get women's rugby league going in this area and stuff. And it's like, you're missing the point here. Yeah, you know? that, That's good that he's doing that. Yeah. But we should be celebrating the actual women. Yes. Not the blokes who are helping the women. It's, yeah. But one thing I I don't get, which I think should be happening, given there's not that many women players in the NRLW at this stage, because there's only, well, four, was it seven teams? We're going to have next, six, six teams next year. year. Yeah. Why not allow every female player to be paid at least 60 grand a year? That would be good. Like, I don't know how much they earn. It'd be great to know how much they earn. But, and, and like, that's one of the reasons why the women's competition's been put back again. They're thinking that it might be played. They might look to play it into next year. And it's not a very long season as it is. But they can't bring all the women's players into a bubble because they just don't earn enough money to be able to put their lives on hold. Like, they, they're semi-professional at the very best, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it would be cool to pay them all 60 grand a year, especially considering there's so few of them. Yeah, I think it's something that would be – it could definitely be workable. Yeah. Um, and it would at least give them an actual full-time wage. Sure, it's nothing like what the blokes get, but mm. let's start somewhere. Yeah. And let's start somewhere where they can actually say, you know what – we no longer need to have a full-time job away from this game. This allows us to dedicate our lives to playing this game and making it better. And uh, I think the sooner that happens, the quicker we can get women's rugby league 
you know, the NRLW mm. more prominent and more profitable so that we can get more women playing the game, more teams in the game, and more in, you know, better income for the women who are playing it as well. It's a win-win all the way around. The, the only thing that I think you would run into is that you don't want to put the balance off too much to the point where it's very easy for the people running the game to say, you know what, running this women's competition costs, and I'm just tossing up a number, five million bucks a year, and we're, we're losing money on it. Like you look at the, the WNBA. The NBA loses millions of dollars running the WNBA. You don't want to get into that situation because as we're seeing at the moment, like everyone's trying to trying to cut their costs because they're literally spending so much money just trying to keep the game running at the moment. And there was even a story today that Mal Meninga's salary, which is reported to be about $450,000 a year, cool. that they're looking to cut that right back because he's not a full-time coach. And I think that's cool. fair enough. Because he hasn't done any work for two years. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, and somebody would have sat down and said, listen, Mal Meninga's an ornament to the game. He's one of the best people you could have as the Australian Rugby League coach. But we've spent a million bucks on Mal Meninga since he last coached an Australian team. And that's a not an insignificant amount of money. And you don't want to get to that point where somebody sits down and says, you know what? The women's competition, we lose about four million bucks a year on it. And that's the only thing that worries me. And that's why I think you'd have to set the salary at the right level. And I definitely believe they should have a, a minimum wage of some sort in the women's rugby league competition. But it's got to be so careful. And this is why I wish women were running it, because they would set their own their own salaries. They would look at their own books. They would make it run the way they needed it to be run. They wouldn't need to be worried that if they put their salaries up too high for the players, that someone in head office has got an axe waiting for them. That's why I wanted the women running the game, their own competition. No, I fully agree with that sentiment completely. I just think at the end of the day, it would be good if they were moving in a direction where they could become full-time professionals and it should be something mm. that they'd be looking to not happen in the next 10 or 15, 20 years, but something that should, they should be trying to achieve in the next three or four years. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. The sooner the better because it, it benefits everyone. At the very least, with the women's state of origin, and it, that is a game that, really does rate by any standard, uh, even against the men's NRL competition, the women that play State of Origin should be paid a, a decent whack of money. Yeah, given, even if it's just for Origin, give them, give them 10 or 15 grand each. Yeah, yeah, 100%, because they earn it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I think that would be cool to go in that direction. Um. Jeez, I'm glad we got away from hook very quickly there. Now, um, <laughs> speaking of pointy things, <laughs> man, that was a very, very uh, dodgy uh, segue there. Rough, but, that, but I'm going with it. One. Yeah. Um, the NRL's decided it's going to go with a pro-vaccination campaign sort of thing for COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting one. 
my feeling is that the government's probably went to the NRL and said, hey, you know how we've been really cool about you guys moving around and moving the players around and stuff like that? Do us a solid. And the NRL was like, it's the least we could do. Yeah. That's I guess what's happened is, I think ScoMo is a man who understands um, other fellow, fellow marketing types. Mm-hmm. He understands. Um, oh, how could you call? What could you call PVL? Uh, f- oh, wait, no. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got the word anyway. <laughs> it's it was it was very similar to the one you said. <laughs> what 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 word did I say? Well, I was going to say it started with that F sound. No. Um, do you mean he he narcissist narcissist? Mm. You reckon that they're both narcissists? I reckon, I reckon there's a number of narcissism amongst them. Uh, I don't know. I feel like yeah. there's a. I feel like there's an element of. You know, Peter Volandis reminds me of the sort of dude that you would be walking down. Fucking is it Queen Street in Parramatta? Queen Street Mall, Parramatta. Yeah. You'd be walking through the mall. Somebody's out the front of a shop with a loudspeaker going, and we've got T-shirts for 10 bucks, 10 bucks here for the T-shirts here. You come on in and get a T-shirt. Like, he just reminds me of one of those people. Sometimes you used to see those people selling fucking uh, the fruit outside of fruit shops in shopping centres. They'd be talking about how cheap the mangoes were or something. PVL reminds me of, uh, he strikes me as one of those people who goes around, you'll go into a bar and he says, I'll, I'll have a beer, please. I mean, no worries. And they go, oh, that'll be three bucks. And he'll go, do you know who I am? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I reckon he'd be one of those people. That's interesting. I'm, so, no, nah, who are you? I'm that bloke who shits on Melbourne all the time. Oh, not ringing a bell. What else do you do? Uh, horse racing. You're a bit big for a jockey, mate. No, nah, I don't ride the fucking thing. You're ridden by a jockey. No, 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 no. Fuck that. Isn't horse racing really interesting? It's like this this whole industry and it's it's literally held up by gambling. And for the most part they don't race in front of crowds. So they just do it for themselves. Furthermore, the actual athlete that's doing all of the work gets nothing but bits of fucking grass to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and the the thing that sits on their back that does sweet fuck all gets paid shitloads. <laughs> <laughs> Go get some shitloads to whip the fucking shit out of a horse. Go faster, you bastard! Smack, smack, smack! You got to wonder why there's not been like. Do you, do you reckon the horse racing industry does scouting for jockeys? And they're like, I tell you what, no one's scouting the dominatrix of this nation. Can you imagine? You get, you get some chick on the back of a horse in fishnets, and she's got the the boots on and everything. And she's just, <laughs> just whipping the shit out of a horse. And this horse is just loving it. Its eyes are fucking rolling in its head. It's out in front of everyone. Brings a new meaning to the term drag race, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just a, yeah. We got a bit blue here. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> we're talking about rugby league. Anyway, yes, we're talking about Scott Morrison. <laughs> well, Let's be honest, um, ScoMo does build a, a mean um, chicken coop. Chicken coop? What are you talking about? 
he's a, he's a he's a man of all talents. Okay. I, I don't know much about him. I know that his hair went really thin and it's starting to thick up again, though. Well, he's probably got some of that spray-on hair stuff. It'd have to be that, hey? I just think. a light spray of it, just enough. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't go over the top. Can we talk about all of the uh, mend the and I, I'll use this term really loosely the men's health commercials on Fox Sports, where they're really just tell, selling you things to make your hair grow back. I have seen that. Yeah, it's weird. How long like, before Maddie Johns has broken that shit? Good question. Like they do the hit growing your hair back. And the other one they do is, um, like, trimming your beard, like, a bit too much. Uh, is that the, those trimmers where it, it trims your beard, but it doesn't actually give you a shave? That so just makes you look like you've got constant stubble all the time. Yeah, it's like... I don't understand that. Like, either have a beard or don't. Yeah. Yeah, like, you, there's a point where you're not supposed to groom to a certain extent. Get yeah. a haircut. But grow as you say, you're growing a beard or you're not. Yeah, you, you, it's not even like you go half and half on that. No. I, I, and who the hell decided that that was actually something that was like appealing? I don't know. It's a weird one. It's a weird it, one. It is. But I just sit there because... and there'll be these ads for, for, for like growing your hair back. And I'm like, can you imagine? Like if I started going bald... If there was even a shred of a look that I was going to go bald, I'd just shave my head. I would, I'd just it's just all like, gone. It's gone, yeah. I've I've lost that battle. It's gone. See you later. Exactly. What are you so, holding on to? I think in the end, too, that, that half-assed beer caper, yeah. I think a good example as to why that's bad is just mm-hmm. any footage that you can see from the, you know, from the West Tigers documentary of Justin Potato with his facial hair. That will that will nip that shit right in the bud real fast. Yeah, because man, his facial hair looks like it was drawn on with texture. Yeah, it's or, a little bit strange. Or someone's just plugged like little bobby pins in his face to try and make it look like he, like he has hair because that doesn't look natural. No, no. And, uh, yeah, I'm not one for picking on someone's appearance, but man, he has a fucking forehead. <laughs> I just need to get that out there. Oh, for it. That's a firehead. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Oh, yeah, the players leading a vaccination campaign. Yeah, oh, look, I reckon it's just the government said, give us a hand here. Apparently, they're, they're doing a lot of that. There was a post, and I didn't read it, by Andrew Bogut, where he was saying that he'd been approached uh to get paid money to um advertise that the lockdowns were a good thing and that everyone should get vaccinated and he refused to take the money um that's been denied by all and sundry but it's interesting i like you know it, it is what it is we've seen plenty of other campaigns that have been done by all of our governments and they're normally you know they get people that don't need money and hand them money and yeah. say, can you just push whatever we're trying to sell? Well, my favourite was when they gave, um, they gave Scott Cam money. Yeah. To do something about trades and stuff. Going, he hasn't been a tradesman for a while. He's been a TV star. And he's not even doing trades on his TV show. He's telling people what to do. And he just walks away and other people do it. 
Yeah, I like the one where there was a guy that was on radio who they got to do a an Australian tourism campaign and it was basically stay in Australia, you know, and travel within Australia. And they spent millions of dollars on that and then didn't let us leave our suburbs. You know what, though? I'm glad they gave it to Hamish Blake uh, and not to that um, dickhead down here on the radio in Victoria. What's which one's that? Uh, he, he thought he's been funny for a long time when he hasn't. Uh, what's his name? He's always in the news for saying it's political stuff, not for saying anything funny because obviously he's not funny anymore. But he's he, pretty sure he does say that he's a comedian in his Twitter profile, just to let everyone know that, you know, when he says something, you should probably laugh. I don't um, know. What's his name? You're talking about Dave, Dave, Hughes. Dave Hughes. Okay. Dave Hughes. Yeah. Radio is in a really weird space because they've kind of realised certain things. Like, why would I pay a, a bunch of people in all different cities when I can just do one show out of one city? Um, but it's kind of there. You can tell. You know, like, I listen to Triple M sometimes, and they've got Mick Malloy on. Now, I don't know where Mick Malloy is based, but I know it's not Sydney. Victoria. There you go. And their conversations just are so irrelevant. And, like, here's another one. He's supposed to be a comedian, isn't he? Well, see, and, this, is the, this is the thing about Mick Malloy, okay? Yeah. I, I grew up watching um, The Late Show, which was a Victorian... Comedy, comedy sketch, kind of like what we have with Fast Forward and stuff like that. Okay. Theirs was done in front of a live studio audience for the most part, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but Mick Malloy was always brilliant when he was feeding off Tony Martin. Do you know of him? No. Kiwi comedian, wears glasses, scrawny little fella. Okay. He, he's actually genuinely funny. Yeah. Um, so Mick Malloy always fed off him, and... He had that very popular radio show, Martin Malloy, that went for a long time, working with Tony Martin. Very funny. And then I believe what happened was um, Mick Malloy went into making movies. He made one movie. Um, Cracker Jack. No, no, not that one. It's the one after it. I don't know. Boy, just... Boy, Boy Town. I can't believe it. I remembered Cracker Jack. Yeah, Cracker Jack was pretty good. I'd never seen it. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um yeah, he made this movie called Boy Town about a boy band. Had Glenn Robbins as the the uh, main character. They all anyway, just give themselves fucking jobs these cunts. But anyway, go on. <laughs> anyway, he had Tony Martin there to help with the whole filmmaking process, and Tony Martin decided to make a um, behind the scenes featurette for the DVD. It wasn't anything, you know, lardy down like that. But apparently, it got bigger laughs and a better reaction than the actual movie did. And that caused a rip between the two that hasn't been healed. And so they've both gone their separate ways. Are you serious? Yeah. And Mick Malloy is now a bit part, you know, try hard comedian. Whereas Tony Martin's just wandered off and done with all this other little stuff he wanted to do. I think he helped write, um, a few comedy shows that have been, been reasonably good. He's done his own podcast, which has won awards. Um, so he's still going out doing his own stuff and being as successful as he always has. And Tony and Mick Malloy's just sort of wandered off and struggled a lot. And most of the stuff he does now is just him talking about how he gets pissed, and that's pretty much it. Do you want to know what's really funny about that story? <laughs> the I I I only hear his show when I'm going to get a porto. Right, I have a triple M on in my car. 
And Mick Malloy's on. And who do you think his his guest is? Glenn uh, Robbins. Is it? Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's always got it's, his mates on. It's just like there's five of them. And they just keep, yeah. La- they laugh at their own jokes. You well, it's the thing. Okay, you'll find that Mick will always get on people who are funnier than him to help carry him around. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I say this. And this is going to sound harsh. I was actually a fan of the Mick Malloy comedy style when he was younger because he actually was genuinely funny then. Yeah. He's he's nothing like that now. Look, there comes a point where. Mick Malloy's got to... How old's Mick Malloy got to be? He's got to be 50 or something. Easy. Like, you can't, you can't carry the old, oh, I'm just a fucking pissed Aussie. Like, you can't do that for 30 years. Who do you reckon's been, outside of the talk show people, like, when it comes to commercial radio, I mean, I think Doug Mulray was pretty good, but he was different. He was a different sort of dude, and I think that that resonated with people. And I, th- but the problem is, you get someone like a Doug Mulray, and they just, they're like, "Fuck it, I'm done," and that's it. It's over, you know. Yeah, I think it's the guys who were willing to push the envelope a little bit too far, like your Graham Kennedy. Yeah, well, that's the thing that's always got me. Like, and and this is why I remember, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I remember when I was younger and I saw Howard Stern Private Parts and I watched it and you'd love it. It's fantastic. And I was like, I got it. I totally got it because I was like, this is the stuff that excites me. Even on this podcast, the things that excite me is when we're treading the fine line, you know? Yeah. And and when we're treading the fine line, I get excited. I did it on the radio too. I don't, you don't have to say anything terrible. You don't have to say anything you're not allowed to say. But when you're saying something and everyone is nervous, that's what I love. <laughs> and so and so when I turn on the radio now and I hear just the it's just blah 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 beige shit. No one's saying anything even close to being that exciting thing. I just don't know why anyone listens to it. No, it's got me beat. Yeah. I, as I said, I, I don't listen to radio anymore. Yeah, I, well, I, I listen to it when I'm in the car, and that's it. And every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck. Who the fuck is listening to this all day? Uh, I've got a uh, bunch of podcasts and a bunch of loud, cranky music that I listen to, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your trip to a porto, you can't get too many songs into that. And you can, definitely can't get a podcast into that. Well, I've, I've got to ask. Yeah. Is a Porto within your 5K radius? Do you have a 5K lockdown there? Yes. Mm. A Porto's 5Ks from you? What? Right. Hmm? Yeah. What? I've got the same quandary. <laughs> I, what? I don't even know what you're talking about, Andrew. Let's, what's yeah. the next subject? Yeah. Let's hope no one goes through your QR scan records. <laughs> QR skin. How many QR skins do you reckon I've done? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I would think that you've decided to go around all of Penrith, all of MacArthur, all through the whole Liverpool Council region, mm-hmm. and all through the whole eastern, northern, western suburbs, everywhere. You've just gone to every single place you can and scanned every QR code just to make the government go, what the fuck? We've got to watch this bloke because if he gets COVID, we're fucked. <laughs> 
I just, you know, the thing that I wish has happened and I haven't heard about it yet is somebody goes around to all those QR codes that are sticky taped onto walls and they they just copy it all. But the QR code, they do, like you you click it and you, you take the photo on your phone and all of a sudden you realise you've been subscribed to Fox Sports. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to happen anyway. you got to. Someone has to do that. Think, think of the, the mailing list database that the government's compiling at the moment. Well, that's the thing. And that that's the thing. That's the thing. It's a really I, good I'm, I've seen how much those things can actually net a business. Yeah. Look, how profitable yeah. they are. Imagine that they've got your email address, your home address, your phone number. Boom. And you've already got access to your phone already. It's an interesting thought process you have in there, Andrew Ferguson. Yeah. We should set up QR codes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there's been people going around the cities and mm. um i say this seriously don't do this people but there's been people from anti-vaxxer communities going around in melbourne sydney i think maybe even brisbane and they've been putting up their own qr codes promoting their own anti-vaxxer bullshit oh really and making it look like the qr code for the actual business you know when you see an a, a website address and you know that it is a website and that's the address, and then yep. you load that address up, and it's like, okay, when you see a QR code, it's a splodge. Who knows what the fuck that thing's telling your phone to do? <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, I just, I don't know. It's a visual microchip. Exactly. But uh, so, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too sure which way to sway on this. I'm I'm by no means I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. My my concern about this whole NRL promoting vaccines is there are plenty of anti-vaxxer nutters out there. Mm-hmm. And you just know that these people are going to be bitching hard. Some might even be players. Mm. Um, bitching hard about being forced to take vaccinations. And I get the impression based on this byline in this article here that the Roosters might be saying that the only way Roosters fans can watch their team play home games is if they've all been vaccinated as well, which, you know, that's only going to impact about seven people. Yeah, there's not many people will have to worry about that. I would say that um, eventually we're going to have a situation, and you've seen it in the US, where yet you'll have to prove you're vaccinated to go to sporting events and things like that. And what what you think about that personally is up to you. Like, I'm not here to push my thoughts and opinions on people because it's a lie. I really am, but I'm not going to do it in this instance. So that, that's a good way to set up um, a bit of a rant where you tell people exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. But let me tell you, um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one. I, I, th- I really do. I just think it's the government said, look, do us a solid. We've been doing you a solid for two years now, and they've said yes, and they've got people that have said oh yeah i'll do that you know no worries and you know i think the thing that about the nrl is they haven't told players they have to get vaccinated um which is a good thing i think it it, that sort of thing should be left up to the individual uh to make their own decision on that but um i do think that eventually we're gonna we're gonna find that we can't get into footy games unless we're vaccinated and that's going to be interesting yeah um I yeah I don't really I haven't thought about that much. 
Um, we'll cross that bridge when we're allowed to go anywhere near yeah, it. I think so. I think so. Um, we'll cross that bridge when we've both been vaccinated and neither of us have died. Yeah, when we're like, we believe the vaccine has been good for us. <laughs> Please get vaccinated. That sort of shit. Well, yeah, it'll be good. Would you take some of that government cash to push vaccines? I'm kind of waiting for it, to be honest. I've been holding off on my, on my vaccination until they, you know, because I figured I'm starting to build a profile here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they come to me and say, look, you know, you guys, you've got a bit of a fan base going on. Is there any chance you can do a bit of promotional work for the vaccines? You go, fuck yeah, we can. How much are you going to give us first, though? I, I would. And we'll keep just negotiating upwards. Come on, look, we know you've got more money than that. Listen, Gladys, if you're listening, we got a really, really big supporter base here at Fergie on the Freak. And quite honestly, if you go to fergieonthefreak.com, send us an email, throw a bit of cash our way. I will tell our listeners to drink gallons of donkey cum if you t- give us the right amount of cash, all right? Then I don't take a vaccine. So if you just get on the blower to us and let us know how much that's worth to you, and uh, we'll get it sorted. If it helps. If it helps, Gladys. I know people in Wagga. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, that's pretty deep, Andrew. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just putting the offer out there, you know. If yeah. She, you know, she, she's been in the pool once before. She may have enjoyed it, you know. I'm just saying, if you want to go for a swim there again, I can help you out. I know, I know people. Remember when we used to be a rugby league podcast? Oh, we're getting there. Yeah. You can't have to tell we're struggling for content. <laughs> it's just been one of those funny weeks where. You know, the only thing that really pissed me off this weekend was the refereeing and the way the video refs got involved in the game 50 million times. Before we um, get into that, I want to raise one thing that gave me the shit, so a referee decision that was made. Okay. It had no bearing on the game whatsoever, so it's really completely pointless complaining about it. Okay. But there was a try scored by Adam Dewey that got disallowed because for all the reasons... One of the Tigers' props in the scrum was holding one of the Sharks' props back in the scrum. And I thought, Ooh. that's only happened in every fucking scrum that's ever been set since 1908. All of a sudden, that's now penalised. Yeah, that was disgraceful. And it wasn't as like they, it was like bind, 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 and then release. And he, that's literally what happened. And when they went to look back at it, and the first time I saw the replay, I was like, oh, wow, that, that scrum. Like, the front rowers were out of that scrum for the Sharks. They were out of that scrum really cleanly and really quickly. I was actually quite impressed with it. And they kept looking at it, and I'm like, hang on a second. Are they going to go back to the point where the scrum was bound, where they say bind, 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 and then release? And But they're going to go back to where you're supposed to have been bound in the scrum and say that he was held back? And that's exactly what they did. And it was, it's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen because the player was able, the front rower was able to break from the scrum, get into position, over over run his mark where he should be. So he was beaten back on the inside. And they said it was no try because he was held on to for too long in the scrum, which he just wasn't. That was a really disgraceful decision. It was nuts. Um, there's another one today where um, Jabari Hargraves got penalised. Thankful it was only a penalty. 
Mm-hmm. He got penalised for a high shot when one of the um, Dragons players, I think it might have been Matt Dufty, was hitting the ball back. But he got tackled low, mm-hmm. and as he was falling down, he fell. <laughs> he literally fell into um, Hargrove's shoulder. Hargrove was just standing there. Like, he propped to tackle him around the ribs. Yeah. And he just stood there as this bloke hit him in the shoulder, and he got penalised. He didn't even try to complete the tackle. He sort of let the bloke fall to the ground and then, then you know, casually got down and he's there like he was about to flop on him and then the penalty was called and I was like, oh, come on now. Mm. There's no intent to make a shoulder charge there. He's standing still. He's not leading anywhere. He's not leaning into it. He's not trying to, you know, cock the shoulder and him in the air. And I just went, fucking hell. I understand the crackdown is to try and stop, you know, it's designed to stop intentional high contact. There was no intention whatsoever from from Rhea Hargraves to make a high high contact shot, let alone lead with and make a shoulder charge. He's been penalised for both essentially at the same time. It was just ridiculous. I'll tell you another one I saw, which was outrageous. It was in the Broncos game, and a kick was put downfield, and the Broncos are running it back, and the referee stops the game, and he says. The, the players are like, why are you stopping the game? And he says to them, refereeing. We're refereeing it. <laughs> the video referee just wanted to have another look at the replay of when the, the kicker was tackled. And, the, he, and he was like, oh, no, it's fine. Play on. So we stopped the game for something that was actually legal to look at it. It wasn't like this was an illegal tackle and it was like, oh, we got to go back and and there's a penalty, you know. It, it was actually the game was stopped so that the video ref could watch the game. And this is something you and me have been pissed out off about all year, is that the highest official in a game of rugby league is now sitting in Redfern. Yeah, it should, it should be the bloke with the whistle on the ground. Yeah. And it's not. Um. While, while you've been opposed to the bunker, I'm, I'm fine with the bunker, but I don't want it to be as intrusive as it is. It should only be there to adjudicate on tries, and, and as was its intention. Yes, and I think that it should only be used for the grounding decisions. Grounding and dead in goal it, for tries, I'm talking about. Like, if it gets close to the dead ball line, things like that. Yeah. The way that we've got it now, I mean, they're using their captain's challenge to check out the entire play that previous play. Um, we're going back and giving penalties and stuff for things that happened tackles ago, and none of it's the referee on the field. It's all coming from the video referee. He is overruling everything that happens on the field. And that's not even taking into account that we're allowing teams to score tries, putting the points on the board, and then saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, and we're taking the points off the board. There was another terrible decision I made today where there was almost a simultaneous put-down uh, by the defending team was the Broncos and the attacking team was the the Warriors. And it was very close to being simultaneous put down, but the Broncos player got to it first. That was uh, Xavier Coates, got his arm in, put it down. At best, you could say the Warriors player, he didn't even have really good control of the ball. You know, it wasn't like he'd slammed it down. It, it looked like he kind of passed over the top of it. The video referee was saying, as he's looking at it, it seems like the Broncos players got the ball down and then gave the try to the Warriors. 
And it was like, what just happened? It was another really bad decision. And I just think with the video referee, we're at a point now where we're stopping the game so much. We're not playing rugby league anymore. We're kind of, the game is there so that we can stop and watch replays of the game while someone in Redfern decides what he decides should be applied to what we saw on the field. It's like, can we just play some footy, please? It's it's fucking nuts. Uh, the the ref challenge one, it's become ludicrous. Mm. How many need... of them right now would you say, just, just off the top of your head, what percentage would you say is a team challenges the rule and that exact thing they challenged for gets overturned? Uh, it'd be... I'll be generous and say about 30%. See, I, I felt like it would be about 10%. And, and I it's, think 30 is generous, yeah. I think half the time, teams are not even calling it because they're disputing a decision. They're calling it just to have a break. Because they, they know that the bunker will look at it for three, four minutes, and it'll just everyone just gets to stop and stand around. It kills momentum entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know this is all going to sound a bit contradictory a bit in some sense because, you know, I've been complaining earlier in the year about how the way the rules now are, they give too much momentum to a team mm-hmm. and it was a, a large contributor to a lot of the high scoring that went on and the games were, they the balance had gone too far to trying to speed the game up. Mm-hmm. Now they've got this weird system and it's, it's got increasingly worse as the games, as the years gone on where the stoppages from the bunker are becoming more frequent and longer. Yeah. And I assume it, it may, you know, I'm, I'll be cynical and say, I assume it's been done intentionally to try and give players that break to try and deal with those uh, blowout scores, stop it from happening because they're not happening as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's not the solution. The solution is, Get rid of this bullshit. Get rid of the stupid fucking rules and go back to what we had when things worked properly. Yeah. And you don't have to go back far. 2019, they're fixed. Yeah, exactly. The, the rules were really well balanced. And, you know, I'm just sick of going to sit down and watch a football game. And instead, I'm watching a bunch of footballers stand around looking at the referee who's waiting for a guy in Redfern to tell him what he thinks should happen on the field. And it's happening many, many times a game. And that's not even taking into account how many times the trainers stop the game. That's not taking into account like normal video referee decisions. And then you score a try and you're like, well, they're going to look over it with the fight and tooth comb. So it might not actually be a try. And I, I'm just sick of all of the stopping and looking back. It's like, are we? let's just play a sport. Let's just have all the mistakes because the mistakes are there anyway. Let's have the, all the mistakes and stuff and just get rid of all of the technology out of it because I really do think it, it hurts the sport. And, you know, when you watch a game, and I, I, I think back of when I would call the games at New South Wales Cup level, and you didn't have a video referee for a lot of those games, and you didn't miss it one bit. There was never a point where you looked at it and you were like, oh, man, I wish we had a video referee here. You kind of, if there was something that happened, it happened in the run of the game, and you you just sort of were like, well, it's football. 
you know, it, it, it it's the same for everyone. It's going to be decisions go for you, decisions go against you. You just cop it on the chin. And, you know, because what we're seeing right now is just people with, like, video equipment having fun. Yeah, let's let's see what else we can fuck around and find while we're at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's gone too far. It's gone Wait. too far. And I think it's something that's been – it's in, increasingly um, got worse as the season's gone on. Mm-hmm. You uh, know, and, and I don't ever want to hear – anytime somebody says, what if that happened in the grand final, we should just feed them – into a bloody wood chipper. You're big on this soil and green idea, aren't you? I just think there's plenty of people I would do it to, that's all. <laughs> no, you know, uh, we, we could probably have a, an episode where we, uh, yeah, we'll take money from people where you list who should be fed to the chipper. <laughs> yeah. Let's put me on a fucking watch list. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure when you look up reasons to demonetize, the first one is you want to feed people through a wood chipper and you named them. <laughs> if we get the government paying attention to us, we'll be able to get that money out of them for promoting COVID. I'll, I'll have everyone listening to this podcast guzzling. And you're guzzling saying, it. You're saying, the right amount of money. Here's, this, here's the option you have, people. You take the vaccine, or freaky here, feed you into the fucking wood chipper. <laughs> This has been a message from the Australian government, Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, don't don't rule it out in one of these press conferences this week. <laughs> the restrictions are getting pretty full on now. <laughs> They're getting pretty tight now. Yeah. You won't be allowed to wear blue socks on certain days of the week next. Exactly. Um, now, something I wanted to touch on just quick, a little bit of stats. Yeah. Right now in the NRL, we have two teams that if it's 700 points for the season. Mm-hmm. Do you know when the last time was that we had two teams that reached at least 700 points in the regular season? I'm going to I'm going to just totally guess 2002. Not bad. It was 2004. Okay. And back then it was the Roosters with 710 points and the Bulldogs 760 and they were first and second. Okay. But they played 24 games each. Wow, we're already there. Mm. After 23, we've already got two teams there, and one of them's got a lot more than 710. Um, the last time we had a team score 700 points in a season was 2005, and that was Parramatta. Mm-hmm. So 16 years in the making. Was that the Hain Plains season? Uh, it was the season when Parramatta and the Dragons were convinced that they were dead sets to be in the grand final, and then the Tigers and Cowboys went, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, that's okay. That's right. Yeah, two thirty. Yeah, it's all right. I'm mixing it up. Um, it's a, you know, I was looking at the ladder earlier today. It was after the the uh, Broncos game, and the for and against is just outrageous. Like you look at the for and against up and down the ladder, it's just crazy. And you're hearing all of these records being broken, like scoring records and try scoring records and stuff. And the perform like it's not like you're looking at these things and like the Melbourne Storm, we know about their their point scoring this year. I wouldn't if somebody said, Oh, th- tell me the great 
point scoring teams you've ever seen. This Melbourne Storm team isn't one of them. You know, no. That on paper they are, but it's not like you look at this Storm team and say they're an incredible attacking machine which you can't stop and blah 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 blah. It's just the rules at the moment. You get on the roll, and that's the thing that the Storm are really good at is keeping momentum and stealing momentum in a game and things like that. And the game's over, and the Storm are really good at all those things. But it's not like you're looking at this team and it's like the 94 Raiders back line. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is that Well, not even just the Raiders, the Raiders back line. That entire Raiders side of 94 was just otherworldly. They were yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, the Storm at the moment have the widest points differential of any team in the history of the game. They're currently at plus 499. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And um, I, this Storm team, I wouldn't, I, I might not even have this in my top 20 best teams of all time. The crazy thing for me on this is that there's still only six teams with a positive points differential. Mm. Sixth place is... Parramatta at plus 131. Seventh is the Knights with minus 131. <laughs> 262-point turnaround there. And the Knights are still the second worst attacking team in the comp, and they're sitting seventh on the ladder. <clears throat> it's crazy. It makes it's no absolutely sense. crazy. The Sharks are the team with the closest points differential. They're at minus 32. Well, even Parramatta, like... Parramatta are not a very good attacking team. They're a pretty good defensive side, but not a great attacking side. No. Um, like, I, even the, you look at, uh, and I'll put my team, because people will think I'm bagging all their teams, and it's n- nothing against any team. The Panthers aren't a very good attacking side, but their foreign against is, like, outrageous. Yeah, plus 342. It's insane. Yeah, that, like, that, that would be... That would be in like about the best in many, many, many seasons, you know. Yeah, I, and I don't think that they're one of those sorts of teams. I think that they're defensively, I think they are a very good team, but um, attack-wise, they're so-so, I would say. Uh, and that's the thing about this year; it's just a lot of. I, I feel like this is the. You know, in baseball, how they had the juiced ball era and then they just juiced the players instead. Yes. I feel like this will be the, the juiced ball era for rugby league where we'll all say, oh, yeah, but that was the Volandis ball era where everyone was scoring 40 points a game. Quite possibly true. Now, uh, I just want to address one other thing, which I did tweet about. Uh, a lot of people saying that um, the Dragons and the Tigers – Possibly even the Warriors. Their seasons are over. Yep. Um, if you go into the the ladder predictor, yes, and you put in some, let's say, favourable results, mm-hmm. you can still get those three teams into the, into eighth place on the ladder. So they are now in what we'll classify as the strictly mathematical. Their season and, is still alive, and so. Here's a question. Uh, how do they rank between those three teams in terms of closest to furthest away from the mathematical equations lining up for them? Well, let's let's have a look, shall we? Because there's, okay. there's not much between them. Obviously, they're all on 18 points. The Warriors' points differential is the best at minus 115. Dragons, mm-hmm. minus 126. The Tigers, minus 162. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? 
draws like for the rest of them? Let's have a look here. I think the Warriors have got Canberra this week coming I'll up. Tell you, tell you what, the Canberra Raiders. Did you watch that game with the the Manly Seagulls? No. Uh, one of the hardest chokes I've seen in a long time, and they get to towards the end of the game and they go for a two point field goal. It's not taken by the halfback. It's not taken by the five eighth. It's not taken by the hooker. It's taken by the fucking winger. And mm. I, yeah, and I like I think that says everything you need to know about the Raiders and how many players don't put their hands up when it's time to win a game. Yeah, I mean that's that's. It was Jordan Rapana took the kick. Wow. A 40-metre field goal, right? And, and I'm like, I couldn't believe all of the plays you could think of in that lineup that passed to for him to take the kick. And I'm not ta- and he missed it. Take nothing away from Jordan Rapana. He stood up and he tried his best to get that win for them. It's not about him. It's about all of the other players that passed up, and it's their job. Yeah. That That's dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just have a look at the remaining draw for the those three sides. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry, I, got, I got I went on a rant about the Raiders. So who are the who are that's the Warriors? Fine. Well, who if the, the Warriors have got Raiders coming up this this upcoming week, and then they follow up with a game against the Titans. That's got not the, that's winnable. They're both, they've got the easiest run. Yeah. Dragons have got the Cowboys, and cool. then South. The only way that that South game becomes winnable for them is if South just rests everyone. Yeah, I know. I don't know that they've got the 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 player personnel up there in Queensland at the moment to rest enough players. No, um, the Tigers have got Penrith and then the Bulldogs. How how much do you reckon their for and against is going to suffer this week against Penrith? I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers dropped both those games. You know what? You're right. Because I think they're in for a real tough time against Penrith. But the Bulldogs, remember the last couple of years, their last couple of games they've really put in. And we've both had our say about this Tigers team and the absolute pee-hearts that they are. You could just see them just completely giving up in that last game, couldn't you? Yeah. When the Tigers can't score quick early points, they get frustrated, they do stupid shit, they go away from the very, very basic place that um, Maguire is trying to get them to stick to, which is, you know, four hit-ups, throw it around for one tackle, or sorry, three hit-ups, throw it around for one tackle, and then kick to the corners. Mm. That's basically the game plan he wants them to run with because that is that is Rugby League 101, in the modern game, and from there you build the next lot of building blocks to become an attacking side. Yeah. And the Tigers are still struggling after all this time to do three hit-ups, throw it around, one tackle, and then kick to the corner. Mm-hmm. That's still beyond them. Yeah, that's like their ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a loss. Um, the Bulldogs have defence that can hang out for 40 minutes and that's going to be enough to frustrate the Tigers and make them fuck up and the Bulldogs will put points on them and it won't be a big scoring game but they'll probably do enough to win that. Um, so, I tell you what, though, it'd be nice to see the Warriors in the finals. 
I think they're they're capable. Yeah, they would have helped if they had won against the Broncos tonight. But I think they can. You know, if I think they're the only team that's capable of getting there. Watching the Dragons today. Ugh. You know, I I didn't see too much of the Dragons game. I actually turned it on. Basically, at the very moment, the Dragons must have died because I looked at the scoreline. I was like, what's going on here? And, but the rest of the game that I watched, it was all Roosters. Well, that's the thing. The Dragons game today was a perfect, perfect representation of their entire 2021 season. That is, they put in for 12% of it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that 12% of things going well, they had a big party, and then after the party, everything got fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, they conceded five tries in 14 minutes after taking the lead by two points. It was just fucking dreadful to watch. Yeah. yeah if I was, was the coach looking true. at that, I'd be going, why am I paying any of you guys? Like, not even the West Tigers played this bad <laughs> in 20 minutes. That was atrocious. You know, one thing I noticed this weekend was there there was a lot of coaches that come down to the sideline. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did see that. I, I think it's a good a good thing. We need to see more coaches on the sideline. I reckon. Yeah, I, I actually saw because I did have the Tigers game. It was like part of the second half on in the background, and uh, I saw Maguire was down on the sideline, like just yelling at the Tigers team. And yeah. I was thinking to myself. How many? How much more has he got left to try and get these bastards to wake up? Oh, no, he can abuse them till the fucking cows come home. Yeah, yeah, he's got that in him. Yeah, I just wonder when it's going to work, though. I don't think. I think. Oh no, no it's never going to work. But he's yeah. he's got plenty of that in him. He'll he'll keep blasting them for as yeah. long as he can. He's he's got plenty in the tank. I yeah. think he needs to become captain coach, to be honest, and get out on the field. He wouldn't do worse than some of the bludgers they've got out there at the moment. I'd like to see him in the back row. <laughs> fucking follow me, you bastards! And then just fucking smash them up. I'm just so low on the Tigers right now. It's uh, <laughs> You're low on them. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, like, I feel like I'm so low on them. I could go on, like, a, an hour rant, and it would just become offensive. Like, that's how bad I think of the Tigers. And it's just all of them... Except for Luciano Leilua. He's the only one that I look at and I'm like, hey, he's all right. <laughs> um, I, I do like Dewey. He's the only one that looks looks threatening in attack. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you put him. He just looks threatening in attack. Laurie, obviously very good. Um, Utica Manu is playing, playing very, very well. But that's pretty much it. Twole has plenty of promise, but at the moment he's a bench bench rotation forward. He's not a starting forward. Um, yeah, it's hard to go anywhere else with, with what's left there. Yeah, that's the thing. That like you could literally get rid of everyone, start again. But he, Nofaluma was doing the hokey pokey on the bloody sideline. <laughs> <laughs> you one tackle in, you take one tackle out. You go one tackle in, and you shake it all about. The Sharks score a try, and you fucking turn around. Oh man. It's, you know, it's interesting <laughs> you say that because I was, I was watching the Broncos today and defensively they're still all over the place. Like it, like you see a team go to go out wide against the Broncos and it's very similar to you've got players coming up and in, you've got players sliding backwards and going out, you've got random players running out of the line to try and shut things down that they completely misread. 
But in attack, their attacking structure looks a lot better than it did last year. And I think Kevin Walters deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with that team because he hasn't really had a stable lineup at all this year. Like, I was thinking about this going into this game. If you, I reckon you could ask 10 people what the Broncos' halves are, and you could get 10 different answers because they've had so many different people playing in the halves in different combinations. And I just think that for when you think of that and you look at their attacking structure, it's not too bad. And, you know, if Kevin Walters can sort out their defence, and that's a huge task because they've all learned some terrible lessons, I think that they can at least be just outside of the eight next year because he has brought through some younger players. And yeah, that defensive it, structure, though, is horrible. That's it take, really is. It's going to take a bit to coach. I don't know if they can climb that far that fast. I do expect them to be higher up the ladder next year. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I agree. He's... he's I think what he's done is he's done something very similar to what Maguire's done at the Tigers, and that's trying to just get a stock standard attacking structure in place. Mm. And once they've mastered that, add a little bit to it. And he's got to the point where he's got the stock standard in place, which mm. the Tigers are still struggling with. And he's starting to add a little bit of, you know, a little bit of flair bits here and there, which they can use to score points with, which is yeah. starting to work. It's it's taken a while, but it's starting to work. Yeah. Um, I think with regular halves in the side who he's able to stick with and rely on, um, you'll probably find a lot of those plays start to become a lot smoother and a lot crisper, and point scoring starts to become a little bit easier. And when you're scoring points, it makes the defensive workload a little bit easier. And so yeah. it sort of flows on a little bit in that way. That's how it is in the modern game. You know, in previous years, you had to have your defense right first. Mm-hmm. And the the thing is that, they're just you can see the lessons that they've all learned are, are horribly wrong, horribly wrong. And I think that he's, I my guess is that he's working on the the forwards first because they, they were never going to do anything this year. And then he's going to sort of work on the backs decision making because their decision making is just dreadful in defence. Um, but there's he, you can start to see something there again at Brisbane, and it's good to see, especially for. Walters, who come in under a lot of pressure, and you and me were saying, like, we don't think he's the right guy for the job. He's too emotionally invested in the job and things like that. So it's nice to see things starting to turn his way. Yeah, that's right. It's um, I think it's good, too, because at the club there, they've, they've realised that this is not something they can fix straight away. It's something that they're going to have to take a few years to write. Mm-hmm. And... They're giving him that time. It's so it seems. Yeah. And, and he, like, he's earned it now. Like, I, I think that at the start of the year, there was a feeling of he can't... If, if he was going to come in and it was going to get messy, he would have been out really quickly. And I don't think... that I think his job is really safe now. Um, speaking of, you know, the Tigers while we're there... Mm-hmm. Apparently, the West Tigers are insisting on retaining their, in quotation marks, core group of people. Of course they are. But apparently some hard truths have resonated within the club. And uh, to that I say, bullshit. First of all, core group of people? 
Like the if, in the whole organization, top to bottom, I'd I would take Maguire and Luciano Leilua. <laughs> and everyone else I could happily show the door. There's no core group there. As I said before, um if I'm taking over the West Tigers, I'm not looking at the playing roster just yet. The first thing I'm gonna do is go, right. This bloke you've got as the CEO, let's be honest, what he is is a marketing person. So how's about we take him from being CEO and just put him in charge of marketing? Because that's his only one strength. Let's not give him every fucking thing because he seems to be fucking everything else up. Let's put him in marketing, let him make the company money off the field, and let's get a proper CEO in place who knows how a football team should be run to be successful on on and off the field. And then, right, let's get all these other people at the club who are doing everything they can to protect themselves, i.e. because they've got money, get them all out of the club. Let's get people in there who want to make this team successful on the fucking field instead of people who want to just say, I'm on the West Tigers board. whoop de fucking do You've got to start nope. making this club successful. Stop you know, having a fucking title. That's all, they, all, that's all they get is even people who just want to have a title. And we've seen some people go through that club, and I won't name names, but they loved the title. Yeah. They loved the the attention they got for that title gave them, and they come through, and the team kept on losing, and then they just disappeared. And, and now no one remembers them. No one remembers them. Yeah, yeah, because they did nothing. That's right. They come and they go, and they're gone, and they're gone. That's it. I would, if I walked into that club, I would have all of the people that run the club in the one room and I would bring up a whiteboard with me on wheels, and I would one side I would write, write winners, and on the other side I would write losers, and then I'd point to every single person and say, tell me the record that the club has had since you've been here. And every time they said losers, I'd write their name under losers, you know, because no one there has been there when they've been winners. No one. <laughs> Exactly right. And you know what? I think that that just would sum everything up. And I'd say, if your name is on the right-hand side of this list, you can go now. And then I would wait until everyone left the room. I'd press the little intercom. I'd say to my secretary, I'd say, what would her name be? Janice. Janice, send me in a coffee and I need the phone book because it's 1994 still, and I want to get some people here that are... Well, we had it. Give me one of those phones with the dial thing is one of those circle ones you've got to put your finger in and make it. I just like, I just like fingering things. Yes. <laughs> Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Come on. 1994, you could still get sued for that shit. Uh, you know my favourite movie about sexual harassment was that one with... Uh, what, what's his name in? Uh, Michael Douglas? Do you remember that one where Demi Moore was sexually oh. harassing him? Yeah, I've got the name of that one. What was oh, it? Is that Disclosure? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. It's um, great. It wasn't Michael Maguire in that one? Oh. I mean, Woody Harrelson? Oh, sorry, I get the two mixed up. Uh, are you thinking, no, you're thinking it wasn't Woody Harrelson. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was a billionaire who was on the boat or something like that. And he, oh, no, that was Indecent Proposal. That's, That's Indecent Proposal. It's one of those ones. They're all That's the same. The They're all oh, the same. Let's be honest. We're teenagers when they came out. We just looked at the tits anyway. <laughs> Andrew, I was interested in the storyline. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs>
<gülüyor> oh, ben mağdurum. <gülüyor> 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 um, so yes, that was a good movie, wasn't it? That's fantastic. Yes. Five stars. Yeah, I gave it five stars as well. The uh, art department deserves full credit for what they produced there. Cinematography, that's what you're thinking of. Uh, same thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is going on here? The NRL to end decades-long wait in historic meeting. That's Ooh. About the expansion race. Well, the NRL would have another meeting, wouldn't they? Yeah. Not an announcement. Not not a fucking plan. Just let's just have another fucking meeting. They've got a picture of um, Peter Vlandy's there with his mouth open because he's a mouth breather. But yeah. um, that's that's there. Peter Vlandy's hair always looks like it's wet. It probably is. He, I dare say he sweats a lot probably. or he uses a lot of product. Well, do you reckon you'd put product in your hair? If it, like he hasn't got a well, great deal of hair, but would let, you put product let, in it? Let me clarify. Okay. Usually when we say he's putting a lot of product in, in your hair, we're talking about hair product. I think what he's putting in his hair is fertilizer. Why fertilizer? I'm trying to make that shit grow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so apparently there's an expansion race taking place. Yeah. It, it, well. I'm, I'm guessing what's going to happen is mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing at all. Not a goddamn thing. You know, the only way they're going to explain, expand the league, right, is if they say, because the N, NBA has, it's been tossed up in the NBA that the losses that the league incurs could be offset a little bit if you say to an expansion club, you can join the competition, which will allow us to give uh, more TV games, sell more TV games, right? But you also have to pay a fee. So say they said to an expansion club, you can join the competition, but you've got to pay five million bucks up front. And that would really weed out a lot of teams that were going to go for it. But I think the problem is that it would also cut into any cash reserves of a team that really should be there too. So I hope they don't do that. But I I agree with you. I think that nothing's going to happen. They'll say it was constructive and... We're going to put plans on hold because of COVID and blah, blah, blah. We've pushed it back to 2023 or something. We'll revisit this conversation sometime down the road, blah, 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 wank, wank, exactly. wank. Basically, um, it'll be uh, Andrew Abdo just slapping his his jaws together and not saying anything. That's <laughs> all he ever does. Yeah, there's, there's an exclusive on the Daily Telegraph website. Oh, what what is the big exclusive? I'm ready for um, it. Um, let, let me just point out, that's... that's yeah, you know, make a buzz noise when you can hear something that might sound a bit wrong with okay. the story. NRL star checks into Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Troubled Canberra Raiders star and then names him, which means he's not fucking anonymous anymore. Yeah, well, how did they know he's an NRL star if he's anonymous? Let me guess, is it somebody that... It's, oh, so what was the what was the club? Canberra. Canberra. Okay, I, I, I've got my suspicion of who it might be. Yeah. Uh, let me put it this way. If you were sitting on the sidelines at a football game, is he very likely to hit you in the side of the head by kicking a ball out in the full? Mm, to be honest, it's been so long since he's played. I, I, don't, think, I don't think so. Um, oh, really? He's not a half. 
Okay. I had, I had somebody else in mind. Yeah, no, no. Think of someone who's been, you know, would have the tag troubled attached to their name over, yeah. over you know, a couple of incidents around them in the oh, last two seasons. Yes, yes, I know who. Yeah. I thought they, I, I thought that they cut ties with him. No, no, no. He's he's now anonymous. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. People, we're not. We know. We're going to give this person the uh, the anonymity they deserve. Mm. But if you want to find out for yourself, just go to the Daily Telegraph website. You don't even yeah. need to check out the paywall. They've made it. They haven't even put it behind the paywall. They put his picture up there and they've written his name on the article. That's, so. that's terrible. <laughs> Thanks, Buzz. You fucking idiot. That's terrible. Can you imagine? Do you reckon Buzz knows about that? <laughs> that don't. Guess don't. what? I bumped into an AA the other day, guys. Don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> but can you imagine if you like you're a footy player and you've got a problem and you're like, man, I don't even know what to do anymore, and you like. You, you, you stump up the courage to go to a, an AA meeting or even consult about it. Like, who can I, I just, I don't want it to be a big thing, you know? And then the next day, it's in the paper. Well, more, more, even worse than that. You turn up to the meeting going, right, the first step is being here and admitting I've got an, is that fucking Phil Rothfield? Oh, fuck. It's a rough one, eh? Back to square one. Yeah, it's a that's a tough one. Um, all jokes aside, man, geez, I hope hope this bloke gets the help he needs and he sorts his shit out because he's a very good player when he's got his mind on the game. It's it's strange how alcohol can really get, and we talking about it from a football sense. It can just grab some of these players. Um, I think especially at the moment with. Everything is so charged because of the lockdowns and COVID and government responses and things like that and rules everywhere. What can you do? What can't you do? And, uh, you know, there are going to be some plays that are going to put it all into work. And I was actually thinking about that today. Like you look at a team like the Warriors, have some of them benefited from it just being like a gigantic football only camp but then there's other players that they're going to look for other things and you just if your thing ends up being something that's that can be destructive i mean it's a really easy road to go down you know yeah like i've never been somebody that's been a a a big drinker and i I've, i've never i've never done drugs or anything like that um but you know if if I can see where players, it'd be really easy for them to just go down a really bad road really quickly with everything that they're going through. And look, they're not going through the worst things in the world, but they've got a lot of time on their hands. They're away from home. Um, you know, it'd just be easy for things to go wrong. Yeah. So um, he's hoping he gets his shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, now... I just wanted to say, too, there was something rather remarkable with Jarabaria Hargraves today. Did you mm-hmm. – I don't think I don't know if you saw it or not. It was early in the game. No, I didn't say. Jarabaria Hargraves went to make a tackle. He was side-on in the tackle, mm-hmm. and he's fallen to his knees, mm-hmm. 
and um, he's then had the tackled player roll over onto him, forcing him back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you look at it, he's he's on his knees, his feet are behind him and flat on the ground. Yeah, and he falls all the way back. Yeah, all the way back. <laughs> so he's stretching those hamstrings down the front as hard as they possibly can. He couldn't go. You know, it was he hit pushed back so hard. He's trying to stop himself from going any further, but pushing the back of his head into the ground to push his back up to stop himself from being pushed further back. He's been bent over that hard, and I looked at it going, "He's either done both his knees, yeah, his groin." Both yeah. his hamstrings, or all of the above. Yeah. And somehow, after lying on the ground and sort of getting his legs massaged for a little bit, he got up, he took a few steps, he walked around for a little bit and sort of jogged it around, and then yeah. had an absolute builder of a fucking game afterwards. And I looked at him and go, how the fuck did you recover from that? That was the most awkward, ugly, horrific sort of thing to, I've seen happen to a big bloke on the football field. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like doing the splits, but your legs are sort of sideways <laughs> behind you. Yeah. Um, don't know how he managed to survive that. There's quite a few bumps and knocks and stuff to uh, Roosters and Dragons players in that game. Yeah. If if the Roosters have picked up any more injuries out of that, I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle through the final series because they are running on, on fumes at the moment. Bare bones, yeah. It's interesting how sometimes... And this is one of the things that sometimes I think uh, people don't realise, like rugby league hurts when you play it. And there are times when you can, like in that very second, you're in so much pain, but you can walk it off and you're just hurt, you're not injured. And I think that sometimes when you see players go down in a tackle or they go into a tackle and they reel away or something like that, People automatically are like, oh, they're, you know, they're lying on the ground because they're concussed. It's like, no, sometimes it just hurts so much that you don't want to exist anymore. But in 30 seconds' time, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, it it looked horrific. Yeah. I was I genuinely thought he'd done himself like two massive injuries that, you know, for a fleeting second, I thought, fuck, here's another Roosters player that's going for a tie duty injury. Yeah. Just Is looked that's... bad. He's had such a good year this year. I think this might be his best year. Yeah, he's, he was very strong today. Um, other news, Wade Graham has said that he's not going to come back this year, but he is going to play next year. That's interesting. He hasn't played for a long time now. Yeah. Um, Apparently he's he's perfectly fine and has been for several months. But yeah. he said, you know, doesn't want to take any more risks. He wants to make sure he's completely 100% for next season. Yeah. Um, I don't think even he's had a full off season to fully train either for several years. So um, that's something that he's looking forward to as well. Yeah. And the only thing I'd worry about, I like, it'll be interesting to see what he's like conditioning wise. Like he's starting to get on for a footy player and it, it you know, to have time off like that, it's not going to be easy to get back, especially for a dude that's been injured a lot. But it's going to be – so it'll be interesting to see how he comes back physically. But my guess is if he gets one more head knock, it's over. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a concern he has as well. Mm. Um, he has said, though, that the knocks that he's had – and this is good and bad at the same time. Yeah. 
the knocks he's had, unlike the ones that the boy Corden had where he was having incidental contact and getting knocked out, which is a sign that things are not good at all. Yeah. Um, Wade Graham said the contact he was having were all heavy. Like, they would have knocked out anybody. So, i tell you what, there were a couple at the end there, though, that it was it was getting towards that Boyd Cordner. You know, just like, what, I think the, the last two he had this year, one was a, a head-to-head clash from memory. Another one, he got his head in the wrong spot, and he hit the side of his head, hit the hip of a player. Mm. Those are two pretty, pretty big contacts. And on both occasions... Like he came off, he wasn't hobbling or that, so he came off perfectly fine, which means he's... And I'm not saying that this is a good sign that he could have played. Obviously, he couldn't, but it seemed like um, his brain was still pretty much where it should be and everything seemed to be functioning correctly at that time. As he came off the field, he wasn't lost, losing balance. Yeah. He looked to be communicating as he should. You know, he didn't need to be assisted off the field. Obviously, he failed the HIA test afterwards. Um, but... It looked. It didn't look like he was like suffering intensely from a bad concussion. He just got, which I think is a worry, mm-hmm. switched off, and then he switched it back on again. Yeah. And I think those are the ones where you go off and on again. I think those are the ones that can be very concerning. But players, especially in the past, just went, oh, I come out of that all right, and they just get up and they play on. Yeah. I think those are the ones that are more concerning because, you know, Something bad's happened to switch you off like that. <laughs> and the yeah, players just go, yeah, we've, we've rebooted. We're fine. Just keep going again. It's, it's all good. And I remember um, uh, the first time Nigel Plum got knocked out playing in Sydney. It was in the New South Wales Cup for the Magpies. Yeah. And he said he got knocked out, um, but he, you know, came, came to at halftime. He, he got knocked out about five minutes before halftime. And so he came off the field and he said he felt perfectly fine at half time. Mm-hmm. And then he, <laughs> then he says, and I quote, apparently I had a really good game after that. And he scored two tries. He says, don't remember any of it, but he had I, his balance. He had everything was, you know, everything looked perfectly fine. He, he wasn't struggling. He was communicating fine. He was running plays as he was supposed to. Everything was just completely normal. But he says, don't have a single memory of it. I had a friend in high school called Trent, who had the exact same thing. He got he got blasted in a game. I uh, can't remember what team he was playing for. It was I don't think it was Doonside. I think he played for Blacktown. But he uh he he apparently got knocked out in a game and went back in at halftime and had the best second half anyone had ever seen him play and he couldn't remember any of it. <laughs> it's weird that you you can go on autopilot like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's insane, and and it's autopilot with you know, knowing how to run plays and do things and still communicate and do every single thing as per normal. Yeah, and like yet, it. And yet the record button wasn't being pressed at any time through the whole process. Yeah, so weird. It's like when you you've never. I know you've never been blackout drunk, but when like, and I've only been blackout drunk really twice, and once of them was for hours and hours and hours. I was. I don't know what happened. But I was with people that I trusted, so I know nothing bad happened. But um, yeah, the to know that you can go on autopilot and you're walking around and talking to people and doing stuff. I was gambling, um, and it's like, oh, that was four hours. What the fuck? Like, 
it's very very strange that you can actually do that it's so weird yeah very much so so scary <laughs> yeah well, what else was there was something else i need to bring up oh there's a fucking weird moment in the uh the the dragons roosters game today yeah when tedesco was taking a bomb yep and ravalawa <laughs> the camera's focused on Tedesco because there's no other, no one chasing through on the kick. Yeah, Tedesco's just taking this bomb, then out of nowhere, fucking Ravalawa comes through with a flying kick. Really? <laughs> like, what the fuck's he doing? That's weird. <laughs> Didn't land any of it. He's looking going, where'd that come from? He just flew across the screen and then he's gone, and Tedesco just runs along, and the ref goes, oh, we better penalise that. <laughs> Ravalawa's got a bit of that in his game, doesn't he? Like... He, like, you could imagine that Ravalawa could knock out two opposition players trying to dive on a ball at an extreme pace. Like, cause he's, I think it's because he's so big. Yeah, and he's it's, got so much confidence in his body. Yeah, yeah. Like, he just, there, there's something about him where, like, there's lots of things where if something weird happened, you could you could just see him being in that that position, you know? Mm. Like if say it was something like the he watched a ball rolling towards the dead ball line and just kept watching it, watching it, and the other team scored. You could see him doing that. <laughs> but at the same time, if it was the other end of the field and the ball had just gone dead, you could also see him just sliding through an undercut in the legs of like half a dozen players. <laughs> just weird things. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's all it's all fun and games until you actually hit someone in the head with that. Ah, oh, I've seen it. I saw it in the reserve grade. He 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 turned a a dude off. Man, I love watching him play though. He's he's fun to watch play. Oh, definitely. All those Islander guys are just amazing to watch. All the wingers got a beast Fijian. Yep. Um, that's about all I can think of. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is there's talk that the women's season's getting pushed back. Oh, and the other thing is, too, that uh, they're looking to give NRL players 10 weeks off at the end of the year, which I think is two extra weeks than what they normally get, which I think is a good thing. I think the the more players can be back at home and just unwinding from the lockdown they've been under, hopefully they're not under another lockdown with their when they get back to their own states and stuff, but... Um, I just think it's a good thing that the NRL has recognised that the players need a break and they're going to give them as much of a break as they possibly can. So it was, it was good when I read that. Oh, that's good. Uh, actually, one last thing. Uh, who won the derby over there in the Super League? Uh, uh, the the one true derby, Hull FC. And uh, was it a thrashing? I don't know, actually. I, I, I didn't get I didn't watch the game. I saw some of the Twitter reactions. I saw all of the uh, the good people that I follow. They were very happy with the result. And all the meth heads, they were all upset and, you know. But they should be used to being a bunch of losers at this point in their life, living <laughs> on the stinking side of Hull. Well, I can tell you, I, I did watch a little bit of that game. Yeah. And uh, Hull FC won 23-22. to 22. Easy. Easy. It's nice when you can get a win over your feeder team. 
<laughs> yeah, they did it comfortably. Yeah, never in doubt, really. Never in doubt. Yeah, we it. all know that hull belongs to the mighty black and whites. That's why we play in the real stadium, and then Hull KR, they play in whatever the fuck you would call that. I wouldn't call it a stadium. Where it's a glorified ground. It's like a fucking council ground. Bunch um, of losers. Has you it know, still got the, the swing set in the middle of it? Yeah, 100% it does. You know, now all they've got to look forward to is dull day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, when Asda comes along and turns into a car park. Ah, uh, please. The only time they go to Asda is when they go and sit out the front of it and ask the, the fucking workers of Hull for money for free. Dirty, dirty people. <laughs> Oh, well, that was good. Um, can I just say, too, in, in sad news, the uh, the coronavirus has made it to Bonnie Doon. Where's Bonnie Doon? It's in the castle. No, it's a place out here in, in uh, central Victoria. Oh, really? Yeah, regional place. Oh, jeez. Well, if you I'm watch sure the that... castle, you'll know of Bonnie Doon. Yeah, I did. I've never watched the castle, hey? The... The actual well, you're missing out, mate. The actual house that was in the the start of the castle, yeah, um, was actually not too far away from where I live. Oh, and really? It got, yeah, the per- people who owned it at the time sold it, yeah, and someone wanted to tear it down and build a new house. It's not a, it's not a new property, yeah. Um, so some other bloke who was a fan of the movie bought it, but he didn't live nearby, yeah, and so he bought it, lifted the house up off the ground, and I believe. He took it to Bonnie Doon, and Bonnie Doon is the place where the main family of the story had their holiday home. So now the holiday home is next to the actual, actual home. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? So this is a house that's next to an airport, yeah? Yeah. It's in an Australian movie that yeah. a guy buys because he wants to save it, and then he moves it. Yeah. To, right. out, of, to out of Melbourne. That just feels like that guy has too much money on his hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking Absolutely. of having too much money, if you follow me on Instagram, look up the Glorious League Freak, no spaces, you'll see someone with too much money to to have. I've put yeah. some I've put some of my purchases up. Oh. And I've been having some rather um highly intelligent conversations with, with uh Freaky on there about his um Barbie dolls that he's got there. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> he's got yeah. one bloke there wearing dish gloves. I don't know what his name was. Dish gloves? Like, yeah, it looked like he's wearing gloves to do the dishes with. Are you talking about Iron Man with the Infinity Gauntlet? I don't know what these words are. You bastard dish gloves. He saved everyone on in the universe from the clutches of Thanos. Oh, was, was Thanos making the di- the dishes dirty, was he? Jeez. Next next you'll be saying Wolverine has a cutlery in his hands. Like, what the fuck, man? That's not what it was. I was wondering what he had in his hands. What do you have cutlery there for? <laughs> you bastard. Is it that Stanley Rogers stuff, or has he just got some cheap shit? You bastard. That is atomantium. It was grafted to his his bones. Oh, so it's a bit of animal cruelty taking place. Not really. Wolverine <laughs> was a person, but he was a mutant. A mutant person? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a mutant person who they tied cutlery to? No, they grafted adamantium to his bones in the Weapon X program. 
Jeez, Andrew. So when he when he needs to wipe his bum, no, he can he can withdraw his claws. He can withdraw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retractable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they yeah. So what happens when the locking mechanism fails and he needs them for fighting? He just ends up throwing punches. That'd be a bit disappointing. Well, he does have. Uh, he, he's apart from having adamantium grafted to his bones, he also has the ability to heal pretty much instantly as well. So he can he can beat the fuck out of someone. But okay, so he's basically immortal. Well, yeah, because there's actually a really cool scene. You'd actually really like it, where they show him from when he's a young bloke and he's fought he fights they show it's like a scene where they show him fighting in the american civil war and then world war one and then world war two vietnam like all of that it's really cool because he i think he i think spoiler alert because he ended up dying eventually um he lives for about 300 years something like that so did someone chop his head off because i mean i saw highlander that's how he killed the immortals in that well, spoiler! I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, spo- okay. If you haven't watched, if you haven't watched Logan, switch off now. You've been warned. So at the end of I thought what Logan was about, I thought it was about that shit hole up in Brisbane. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's about the city of. It's about the fucking suburb of Logan. Now, at the end of Logan, right? He's an old man, and the adamantium's poisoning him after, like you know, because it's only been in him since the seventies. So the adamantium's poisoning him slowly and so he can't heal like he once did and the people that basically did the weapon x program they ended up making a clone of wolverine and that clone ends up basically killing wolverine at the end okay yeah fair enough and is that clone immortal as well or not no because because wolverine's half daughter shoots him in the head with an adamantium bullet and you, you know, once your brain is blasted with an antimatium bullet, yeah. It's a little bit like Jerry Springer. I just, I just can't with you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. At least was... my heroes aren't stopped by a lack of shoes, Andrew. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's true. <laughs> I can't refute that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's that's a that's a great note to end on, I reckon. Yeah, so do I. It's been uh, we talked a little bit of rugby league. Um, if yeah. anyone's still listening to this, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, a little bit too much swearing um, on my behalf. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not fucking sorry for it, but you know, I just. I'm aware of it. That's all I'm saying. Um, got a little bit blue. Might yeah. Put an MA15 plus on this one. You're the one. You're the one that brought it up too. I try. See, I'm trying to behave myself on this podcast. Meanwhile, you're here going, "Well, yeah, we only watch the movies for the tits." <laughs> I didn't. I watched it for the cinema. Bullshit. <laughs> I can smell it from here. <laughs> I can smell it through all the COVID. <laughs> anyway, where can people find you if they want to um, complain? They can't. they can't be hiding now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be found. 
<laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Andrew RLP. Mm-hmm. If I'm on my website, rugbyleaguproject.org, go and check it out. Um, and while you're there, you can go and uh, make a donation to the Patreon there for the good work that um, all all three of us at the website do, uh, recording Rugby League's history. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash rlproject. And while yeah. you're at Patreon, mm-hmm. you may as well duck across to uh, patreon.com slash leaguefreak. Yeah. All of that money that you donate to the League Freak one goes towards all of the website costs that I've got and their monthly costs. Uh, on top of that, it goes towards the uh, website addresses, which are not monthly costs, but I pay for them year on year. And, man, they keep on popping up every month, the bills for those. It's weird. And, uh, I'm doing and my then, best, people. I'm doing my best to, uh, you know, justifying the money that you give him. Yeah. And then uh, – but, yeah, it's mostly just website costs at the moment because uh, the podcast equipment, the microphone, that's all paid off. So that's all good. Sweet. We'll claim that at tax time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, my, and you've got tears over in your Patreon thing, haven't you? More tears than West Tigers fans. So if you can, if you want a free T-shirt, there's a free mug tier, there's a sticker tier as well. You just pick whatever one you want. Um, you know, the prices do go up, and you've got to be on that tier for three months. And if you've been on for three months, I, I sent a T-shirt out to you or a mug or whatever. So, But if you can't afford it, you can also just chuck in a dollar a month. Like, it's just I would never want anyone to feel really obligated to do it. Um, but, you know, dollar a month, whatever you want, it's it's easy. And look, the good thing about these Patreon things too is it's not – locked in you can stop anytime you want yeah and you can return anytime you want you can change it up and down whenever you want you know you're in complete control of it yeah look i've had people that have uh you know been patreon members and they've messaged me and they've said oh look you know with with everything that's going on i just can't keep doing it and I'm, i'm like dude it's it's fine it's completely fine like it's uh you know, we love the people that have supported us on Patreon and you never forget who they are. Even when they, you know, have to pull out of their, the Patreon thing, it's, it, it doesn't matter if you've, you've spent a dollar or whatever. It's, it's always like, oh man, I can't believe that, that this person has just enjoyed everything to the point where they'd be willing to become a Patreon member. So yeah, that's why it's always cool to, to see people join up, but don't ever feel like you've got to be on it forever. You can do it for one month and and jump off of it. That's you know your contribution is just as important as everyone else's. That's right. And while we're at it, um, shout out to a guest we've had on a few times, um, Dr. Alan Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, check him out on Twitter, Alan Pierce PhD. Give him a follow on there. Um, we might have some interesting news and maybe even another interview with him coming up. Uh, sometime in the near future with any luck. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun, our next interview with him. It's I'm always thinking about questions to ask him, hey? Yeah, he's a brilliant guest too. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been, uh, like, I still think our, our interviews with him are the best stuff that's been done in Australian media in terms of um, looking at concussion. Yeah, um, phenomenal. It takes something like neuroscience and breaks it down to something that, um, you know, a simpleton like myself can understand. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I wasn't putting you in that category because I know that your your intellect is at a higher echelon than mine. So you know, was, that's why I kept you out of that bit. I like to dabble in neuroscience. Oh, I know. I heard the I heard the questions the first time around. Going, where are you pulling this shit from? <laughs> <laughs> I was in there going, oh, is headgear okay? <laughs> so, so so most of the brain is in the skull. Yes. <laughs> You're going on about nervous systems and all sorts of gear. And they go, what the fuck? I wasn't briefed on this. <laughs> <laughs> I hit head in the owies. <laughs> I got switched off. Is there a term for that? Yeah. <laughs> now, when you say concussion, it's not a guy called concussion, is it? He's not an Italian, is he? He's Italian or Greek, one of the two. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Also, if you're on uh, Instagram, make sure you check out League Freak on there, the glorious League Freak. And um, if you're interested, check out Ronaldo Molotalo's recent tweet because he's put up there a picture of the X-ray of his broken jaw and it's been fractured in two places in the bottom. I can't wait to see that. The... uh... It was a nasty hit he took, and you know it's crazy. He breaks his jaw in two places, goes back into the sheds, comes out with a bit of ice on it, waving to the fans and stuff, and then gives a kid his boots. Yeah, man. Whoa, look at this. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at this picture. Hang on, because Andrew sent me the picture. Uh... You see the fractures on the, the far right and far left and the bottom. It's even knocked the teeth around a little bit. Wow, that's a rough one. Yeah. It just must have hit him perfectly because, like, I think for a, it would have been really easy for that to be a glancing blow that would have hurt. Yeah. But it was like a – I mean, that must have been like being hit in the head with a sledgehammer. It was the hard part of the back of the elbow just come flying around, just copped him right in the jaw. Man, that's a rough one. Yeah. In two places. You'll have to have plates on both sides there. That's going to be a a long stint on the sideline and a long stint, unfortunately, feeding through a straw. Yeah, he's going to lose a bit of weight after that. He's going to be fast next year. Not not Bronson Cherry fast, but he'll be fast. No, no. No one's Bronson Cherry fast. Just ask Bronson Cherry. Don't don't go that quick. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll... We'll wrap this one up before we wrap it on too much more. Yeah. Okay, so it's into some sort of libellious problems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you uh, give us a, a, a five-star rating and a review on your podcast listening device so we can read something out on the podcast that's rugby league-related as opposed to all this shit we driven on with today. Um, send us an email, too, through the website. It's com. Go to the contact section. Leave us an email. Uh, you know, bring up anything you want to bring up. Whatever it is. Yeah, we'll chat about it. Um, And, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Catch us all next time.